to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything from Party Down Revival, Get Stars Greenlight, with six of the original series members starring. It's the funniest show ever, for, uh, and then also uh, on Fox News, this is in dumb news, uh, Fox News is Laura Ingram. She tried to go viral with a dumb bit where she confused, she was confused when a guest started talking about the Netflix show You and like woke stereo st- uh, storylines. It's super dumb. Um, also in other dumb news, another actor, Rockman Dunbar, uh, lost his job on the hit Fox show 911 that he's been on for four years because he doesn't want to get vaxxed. Um, he joins a growing list of Hollywood anti-vaxxers, including um, Letitia Wright, who's holding up Black Panther 2, uh, Miles Teller, who... Um, he caused um, like a Godfather spinoff movie to um, to waste six million dollars because everyone got COVID because of him. He doesn't want to get the shot. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Emilio Estevez from Mighty Ducks. List goes on and on. Ice Cube um, turned down nine million dollars. Um, like these people don't want jobs. Like I give me that job anyway. Uh, I'll be talking to writer-director Maya Cozier this week. She's amazing. In addition to being a filmmaker, she was also once Miss Trinidad. She's danced in many music videos, including Nicki Minaj's Pound the Alarm. Her new movie, She Paradise, will be released on November 19th, so this week, in theaters and on demand. It's really good. Check it out. Uh, later, I'm going to be talking to Cousin Carla and we're going to play a fun game um, in honor of classic movie House Party. Uh, but first up, some housekeeping. If you like the show, please rate and review. It's how you can help people find the show. Let's kick the show off with a new sketch called Kravis's No Bones Day. <laughs> Babe, why are you getting a tattoo? It's a no bones day. We're supposed to stay home, be kind to ourselves, get the jade roller out, and wear soft pants. And like, you're not doing any of that, Travis. Yeah, well, it's still Scorpio season, and I don't have to follow some pug named Noodles on TikTok. I'm punk. Punk or not, we're a couple. We're Kravis, damn it. And as such, we have to be a solid unit. 
And that means following the advice of a 13-year-old pug on TikTok. I'm not listening to a dog, Court. Fine. That's fine then. Yeah, fine. <laughs> you know what? You're totally Joe Goldberg from you right now. Which makes me love, which is completely unfair, because she bakes carbs and like kills people. No way. We're totally like that Madre Linda couple. We've totally optimized every segment of our life. Oh, babe, Sherry and Carrie Conrad? I love them. And we have the same killer communication skills. See, so we're not Joe in love. I would never have a foursome with them. I know, right? Yeah, they're so not solid. Well, like, I like us being like Carrie and Sherry because like us, their superficial performative relationship is actually the real deal. Yeah, babe, tight. That's exactly it. But I just can't get over the fact that you're disregarding no bones day. It's still a no bones day, babe. Well, can I keep that purple flag, you know, like Sherry and Carrie? Can I keep that flag up for just another second? Aw, babe. Yeah, like Sherry and Carrie. Okay, okay. Yeah, purple flag granted. I know that you're going to forget about that old dog on TikTok and then obsess over something else. So I feel like I can just do my own thing and be early 2000s punk and not follow the day's vibe forecast from a 13-year-old dog from TikTok. Okay, uh, sure. Here's my purple flag. I feel like you can get tattoos on any day, just not a no bones day. Okay, I received that, but can I change that purple flag to green and say that I'll promise my next tattoo will be on a bones day? Green flag planted. That is a deal. Tight. I love you. You're my favorite. I love you. You're my favorite everything. Now, let's get to our friend's wedding so I can give you a lap dance on Instagram. Tight. It wouldn't be an intimate moment if we're not, you know, putting it out there on our public Instagrams. Yeah, babe. And you know what? What? It doesn't even matter if it's a no bones day because we're Kravis. And there and really there is no really limit to how far no we'll go to show the world just how in we'll love we are. To show the world just how in love we are. Yeah, babe, tight. That's exactly it. I know, right? Great. So incredible. It's an honor to chat with you, Maya. I love She Paradise. It's a beautifully uh, told coming of age film that feels very immersive. Um, reminds me of Brazilian films like Pichot and City of God. How different is it? Is this original um, full length film? How is it different than the short film? Like, where does it pick up from where the short left off? 
I think this shot really explores her initial pull into this world. Uh, I guess her first taste of some form of initiation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's also the first time that she has access to to the sisterhood. I mean, there's a key moment where um, Mika finds her in the dressing room and, and gives her the heels and the makeup. But what lies beneath that scene is really her kind of holding her hand in that moment mm-hmm. um, and kind of giving her some of her confidence, you know, beyond the material. It's like she's transferring this confidence from herself to this to this newcomer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the film really kind of picks up, you know, after that initial, but we show the initiation again and then it sort of, takes us into the full journey of of you know that sisterhood oh wow yeah I I I would also remember in the movie in the full-length movie uh the lollipop moment so was that sort of like an initiation as well yeah yeah and that happens in the yeah you're right that does happen in the short and the and the feature uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it is I mean, it is a, a, an initiation. It's also a way to kind of pull Sparkle out of her shell and get her to loosen up and, and to be more comfortable with herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Samuel Goldman uh, Films is releasing She Paradise November 19th theatrically and on demand, which is amazing. Um, they put out movies like Raising Victor Vargas, Two Days in Paris, Squid and the Whale. Can you talk about how, without getting too much in the weeds, can you talk about how they got on board? Um, you know, what would you advise for any filmmaker that gets approached by such a massive company? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still thrilled that they got on board. I mean, Squid and the Whale is one of my favorite films um, at Noah Baumbach and yeah. sensibility is just so inspirational, especially, you know, with my growing interest in, in interpersonal relationships and exploring how, how, um, you know, that can be portrayed, especially among black women and, and mm-hmm. minority communities. Um, but it, it actually, to be honest, I, I wasn't uh, too much in uh, a part of, that um, that process of getting the film to distribution because we were represented by Synetic um, oh, prior great. and they and they were the sales agents for the film. Um, so it wasn't uh, kind of a personalized, um, you know, individual experience. <laughs> so it was, still was very exciting to have them to have them notice it. Yeah. So that was that the big moment for you, um, getting like a sales agent to take on your movie and to to try to get it um, through like a production company? Because like for for an indie filmmaker, there's so much groundwork that you have to do in order to get people to notice your movies. So like, what was that sort of big moment for this movie in particular that you were like, okay, yeah. bet like this is happening. <laughs> this is this is going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think what really changed, um, you know, the trajectory of the film is meeting uh, an executive producer, Amishka Brown, mm-hmm. um, at a screening at BAM. Um, so oh, the wow. short screened at BAM. At Bro- Brooklyn Academy of Music. Right. Okay. Um, 
so that was actually the short that helped <laughs> give the, the feature life. But it, this short screen at BAM's uh, fifth Caribbean series, and it was a night of uh, Caribbean short films by Shabir and Ian Hanarine. Um, it was a really good curation. Mm-hmm. Um, and a producer came up to me after that screening. I told her I was about to go into production in two to three weeks um, for the feature. And she said, okay, like keep me in touch. And as soon as I shot the feature, um, I remember sending her like all the raw footage and telling mm-hmm. her like, this is what I have. And then she was able to put, you know, to kind of like bring an engine behind getting the film finished and through post-production and, and kind of like, you know, helping push it onto its next life. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, it was really just, you know, myself, one producer, one DP, you know, it was a very kind of wow. like a small contained um, production and we we shot it because we won a grant, um, a micro budget grant in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this is a very risky approach, but I, I remember getting the grant and thinking, okay, this is, you know, this is not enough money to make a film. So I'm just going to use all of the resources to shoot and just hope that we can get it finished. So that's what we did. So we used the grant to shoot the film and then and then getting it through post-production and getting like producers behind it um, was really when it started to like take on a new a new life and wow. go, go out of my hands and into the, to, you know, um, into like a, you know, it's still small, but into like broader, you know, a broader reach. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this is incredible. It's so inspiring. Um, also, you were Miss Trinidad at 25. Um, you gained uh, years of experience working as a dancer choreographer t- for TV shows and music videos, including Nicki Minaj's Pound the Alarm when you were 18. How has your past informed this movie, She Paradise, um, which is about a young woman who discovers her pa- her passion for soca dancing? Yeah, I feel like, so when I was uh, 16, I was a part of an all-girl dance group that was on television every week for this imitation of America's Best Dance Crew. And we were so heavily involved in this dance group that I think we even started, you know, missing high school. I remember my grandparents calling my parents (laughs) horrified, saying that she's going to fail all her exams. And I mean, because we were just we were just so passionate about this group and we spent so much time together. And I feel like that sisterhood and those years were really informative for my growth and my coming of age back then. And those friendships are still close to me to this day. I you know, my best friend is someone who was a part of that group and she's my roommate now. So I just feel like it's, it was, you know, those years were so informative and, um, and, and meaningful for me. Um, And so that was a huge inspiration behind writing the screenplay. That's great. Um, So are you in Brooklyn now? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually, I live in LA now, but I, I lived in Flatbush for many years. One of my favorite places was the hot pot for doubles. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a doubles spot that you go to in Brooklyn or like <laughs> roti? Like, is to there? To be honest. Um, or do you just stay away from it? It's too much carbs. <laughs> Definitely not the, not the second answer. Um, I, to be honest, I came up um, to Brooklyn. So I, 
um, I came up to Brooklyn in May. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was in Trinidad for five years. So mm-hmm. I think um, a part of me is like, I don't know if anything here is going to match what I just ate for five years. <laughs> but I know they have I know they have some really good spots. I just yeah. haven't hit the point where I'm like, okay, I need I need it, you know, because I was just home. So when I hit that point, I'll let you know. <laughs> so, so what do you like when you're in Brooklyn? Um, I, I mean, I haven't really been out of um is this being and I'm just wondering if this is how casual the conversation can get <laughs> um <Yeah. but laughs> it's fine um I haven't really been out a lot since I got here uh, I just been working um so yeah. right now I'm in, doing my MFA at Columbia but they had us working all through the summer mm-hmm. um I did the first year online over zoom um so that's why I only came up in May mm-hmm. but since I got here um I went to cafe cafe Azuli, which was pretty nice in bed okay um nice. that was cool um I need to uh like there were a few Afrobeat part like everyday people like I went to a few Afrobeat parties around the city but I haven't really like explored much because I've just been so busy so if you have any recommendations let me know (laughs) yeah nice I mean if you're if you're in the Flatbush area there there are a ton of great spots I really do love the hot pot you might be like oh man this is not like Port of Spain food yeah (laughs) this is not it's not legit but like being in LA um the the spots are very limited so it's just like I I'm I'm comparing to Brooklyn um but anyway that's great um are you specializing in something in 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 your MFA I know it's it's I'm sure it's for film but is there um like a new project totally different that you're working on right now yeah yeah so um yeah I'm studying screenwriting and directing but it's mostly screenwriting um Mm -hmm. which was one of my huge um reasons for wanting to to go back to school Mm -hmm. um and right now I'm working on um developing a pitch deck uh on calypso rose uh, so oh. it's a six-part mini series on her life and she was one of the few um women calypsonians to really gain traction and popularity um especially in the 70s mm-hmm. i think they had to rename the competition from calypso king um to the gender neutral title of oh wow calypso monarch because she won it the first time she won calypso king and then they when she won it again they had to rename it um she's also considered a core feminist icon in the caribbean and she performed at coachella at 80 years old so her life is just very rich and and and, and she's still inspiring. alive she's such a trailblazer and she's still alive yeah are you I in contact with her i so we the manager said she's really picky about who she's so we've been in contact with her managers um to develop the um to develop the pitch deck um and we've been able to kind of access some archives and interviews where she talks you know about being backstage with Spyro and all these other male calypsonians wow. like going head to head with them you know for the same woman and it's just like she's just such a an interesting character but my only experience I do remember though ironically like years before I um bumped into her 
at a roti shop in Queens, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was short a quarter and she liked me a quarter to get Oh, married. wow. <laughs> this is before I even started working on, on um, developing the, the pitch type on her so, life. So when you're contacting her managers, we're like, yo, she gave me a quarter. Like, we're best friends. We're besties. <laughs> Yeah, the, the relationship has already been established. Exactly by the start. Let me do her biopic. <laughs> yeah, just give me her biopic rights. Like this is this is a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you you also come from a family of world famous artists. Both your parents are are, are painters. Um, was creativity something that was always encouraged, or did you find your medium of dance and eventually filmmaking on your own? Yeah, I think creative was definitely encouraged I mean my parents just had this you know energy that allowed us to try so many different things when we were growing up um so I know that there's a lot of privilege in that um and so when I was you know a teenager I was dancing and modeling but I also I was a painter um and I used to make sculptures and and I also I I know I you know I didn't really um, get into filmmaking until I got to college and I took a course and, and that's when I fell in love with it but um, I do remember that I you know growing up I always had a, a video camera that I would use to film my friends um, and so I have all this footage of like <coughs> um, I um, of them dancing around and and I would be the person to like edit all our party promo videos oh wow like, <laughs> so I used to I used to edit back then and um, take all the footage from our performances and create these promo videos with like narratives you know I remember we had a party called um, could have been 16 at the time of the, I remember we had a party called sneak out oh um, theme was just, <laughs> yeah, so we all, um, very cheesy theme but the party was called sneak out and I remember like we created this whole um, narrative about people like sneaking out of their homes to like get to this party mm-hmm. and so I remember filming it um filming the story on my camera and going home and like editing it so I always kind of had this like you know underlying interest in like documenting my experiences and, and telling you know telling stories and um you know and pointing the camera at what was going on around me yeah and that, what's amazing is that it was just something that you naturally gravitated to it wasn't something that you were um it, you just had a camera and you, and you just had this like impetus to to film people yeah and and so like um thinking about thinking about your movie um i'm i can't help but but think about the eternals uh director chloe zhao she's somebody that is famous for her intensely intimate films now she's directed a superhero movie what's an unexpected genre for you that you'd love the chance to tackle? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a little unexpected for her to, for Chloe's out to, to do a superhero movie. I haven't seen it yet. I saw, mm-hmm. I saw Nomadland, which is, you're right, it's very intimate and there's this kind of naturalistic sensibility to it. Um, I've always been, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I do feel like, my my work is very much rooted in reality mm-hmm. but i i could see myself um experimenting with genre if the story permits it um like kind of supernatural 
Yeah, I'm thinking about the supernatural or, um, you know, even something like, even if it's the genre stays rooted in reality, but somehow the plot veers into the supernatural and then returns. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about L'Antique by Matty Diop, which did have, you know, it did feel like a coming of age story set in Senegal at first. And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, all the women in the, in the community become possessed by their by their dead lovers and they start oh my god and then they they go out to take revenge you know on on um on this uh powerful businessman who's exploit who's exploiting um you know low-wage labor um so uh, but then it comes right back to reality you know and there was that kind of moment where it veered off and I've also been kind of fascinated by some of the Afrofuturist themes that I've been seeing in films um Mm -hmm. like I saw Neptune Frost at um, New York Film Festival and you know it the filmmakers themselves don't describe it as Afrofuturist but it really did kind of explore what you know the black diaspora would feel and look like in the future and like imagine that future um so I am sort of like I could see myself maybe going into an unexpected genre Mm -hmm. um and I think there's so many exciting possibilities to defy genre and to um and to to mix feelings and sensibilities within a film so uh okay uh, my last question is um who's putting out work that's exciting you 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 mentioned afro uh, i'm sorry you mentioned afrofuturism you mentioned neptune frost who else is putting out work that that really excites you these days mm-hmm. and and then also um also with your film what do you hope the the biggest takeaway is um like when people see your movie what what do you hope that they they um that they take away you know after having seen it yeah um hmm. I mean I I I wish I had a better answer for who's (laughs) putting out work these days um I mean I think just in terms of like television I've been really really um blown away by some of the limited series that I've seen um especially I May Destroy You by loved it (laughs) it was like this is this is cheat like I literally thought it was genius especially the way she tackled um the same theme but different angles of the same theme in each Mm -hmm. episode um and the intersectionality of her feminist thoughts and how she kind of, you know, tackles not only her identity as a woman, but also as an immigrant and as a black woman. And each episode deals with a different like facet of that. Um, and then Small Acts was just amazing to see because, you know, it was about the Caribbean diaspora um, in London and, and it told their story. And I think there's this kind of misconception that. I think I've heard people say this, you know, and it's very misinformed that like, you know, um, that there is a, there wasn't really like the racism in, in London wasn't as bad, you know? And then it's like, he just kind of demystified that by showing that time where there was so much harsh police brutality, um, especially oh, for sure. people then. And, um, and just to be able to see like that restaurant and they hear the Trinidadian accents and all the Caribbean accents. And, and that's a place that people know um, and mm-hmm. hung out with, you know? And, yeah, Notting uh, Hill. 
yeah it was just so it was just so exciting mm-hmm. um seeing that on on camera mm-hmm. um but you know for for she paradise I think you know it was just important I think it was just important to be able to to capture like the complexity and the nuances of these women's experiences um and I I feel like the best films I've seen are always you know contain characters who are flawed and who are you know fully rounded and um and and it was important for us to kind of capture the essence or the the raw honesty and the reality of a story of a woman's story in the space um without you know giving it any burden of being you know a moral tale or or something didactic or 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 trying to like teach anyone anything but just kind of like giving giving this story the life of the story um and also just capturing the full nuance of the sisterhood and all its complexities and 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 just capturing the full like beauty and brutality of it all um on you know in a story and in a film um and and I think there was something kind of beautiful about leaving some things open-ended because so many interesting conversations have come out of that but if anybody takes away anything from it I think just just I think just being able to like feel something um, without having a great answer, just being able to like feel something by by experiencing this young woman's journey. Very special thanks to Maya Cousier. Her new film, She Paradise, will be out November 19th, theatrically and on demand. All right, so let's play a game. With me now is cousin Carla. Hey, Carla. Hi. Hey. So in honor of House Party being on Netflix, our favorite childhood movie, Mm. I want to know how well you remember this classic movie. Are you ready? I'm ready and nervous. All right. Let's let's just do it. Okay. It's like ripping a Band-Aid. How well do you know this movie? The first question... What song was playing during the first big dance scene with Kid Play, Shireen, and Sydney? Was it Funhouse, Ain't No Half Steppin', or Ain't My Type of Hype? Ain't My Type of Hype. Oh, oh. oh. I was like, do I know the name of the song? <laughs> hype. You just the type of propaganda in the land of supply and demand. A girl without a mind ain't been, you got to be more than just a butt that's booming. And the rest, I don't know. So well. Yes. Classic. Ain't <laughs> yeah. my type of hype. Okay. Next question. What was the name of the guy who keeps bumping Bilal, Dragon Breath Bilal's DJ table? causing it to skip causing the music to skip was it crush groove fresh or chill i don't remember his name i can see him he has the hat yes so the hat is fresh the suspenders it's black and white 
Uh-huh. Yeah, a little he, he had a flash of red too. Okay. Whatever he wore. So his character had a name? Yeah. Oh. Fresh? No. His name was Chill. Oh, that was my second choice. Okay. Hey, chill. Keep bumping the table. Oh, and then he I got thought in it was face. I thought chill, like chill. Okay. Yeah. And then chill was like, I'm helping you out. Yeah. It was so yeah. Mm. Classic. Anyway. Yeah. That was a yeah, it was minor conflict, but yeah. Important. Yeah, yeah. That was like, okay, we have to have some extra conflict here in this part. Yeah. How do yeah. we make it interesting? Yeah. Let's have somebody bump in the table. Okay, next question. Finish Pop's rant on Dragon Breath Bilal. I don't know why them folks named that boy that African name. No one they from Blaine. Evelyn. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> multiple choice. I'm sorry. That's the best line ever. There was a multiple choice, but you, you got it. I don't know why them folks named that boy that African name. No one they no, from Cleveland. From Cleveland. <laughs> okay okay yeah r.i.p robin harris yeah he was in do the right thing you know i'm watching a bunch of oh yeah 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 martin lawrence too is yeah martin lawrence yeah yep i mean classic yeah Yeah. and rosie perez was dancing hard oh Oh my my god God. that was your thing yeah i was like that is 100 fly girls yeah 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 fly girl that um i think he saw her on soul train i forgot he he either met her because like she was you know in the new york scene and knew all like russell simmons and like all these people so like somehow they met um and of course we you know we knew we knew rosie as a preteens we we hung out at her house but whatever that is another story that is another episode Um, but yeah, we, we knew her, we knew her, uh, back then when she was super famous, she yeah, was super she famous. Was, she and was we were just, amazingly well. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was after. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was after white men can't jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that was, yeah, that was her dance. That was her dance move. Was that like pop, pop, aggressive. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Get out of my way. Yeah. Kind of dancing. That was, I was like, whoa. Yeah, but it, it worked. It, it worked, worked for her. Yeah. yeah. And it's like but, seven minutes of it in the beginning. Oh, yeah. It's very long. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty epic. Yeah, she had, that was her longest moment. And then she had like the, like the ice cubes titty scene. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, and then Mookie. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you give me money for the baby or something like that. And then that was about it. But then it, you know, it launched her. Yeah. Did so many, so much other stuff after that. Moving on. Uh, going back to Kid and Play and and uh and House Party, Pop wants Kid to stay home and watch what movie with him? Foxy Brown, Dolomite, mm-hmm. or Shaft, or Superfly? Dolomite. Dolomite, which um, I hadn't seen, of course, then I've seen it now. Yeah. And I see how much Robin Harris, you know, was inspired by Rudy Ray Moore slash Dolomite. But anyway, this is now. Yeah, there's a lot of clues because House Party, um, 
you know, they'll mention like stuff from seven to seventies and things. So yeah, after how well, this is what makes how Freddie so great. You have to go do research afterwards sometimes. Oh yeah, but yeah, way down in the jungle deep. deep. I had no idea that that was Dolomite, but yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. You have to like go into the YouTube archives, yeah, and see. Oh, that somebody actually did say that. That wasn't just from House Party. Yeah. Um, They're remaking House Party, you know that? Yeah, that is just like I if I could find wherever protests, whatever protest is happening, I know. Um uh I will go because like you know, cell phones like change a lot of movies. Like a uh lot of movies change completely with the cell phone now that we have cell phones, because like nobody would be calling kids' house to be like, oh, the party's here and here. They just send them a text. And the dad, you know, he wouldn't have to like try like not to get his dad to call I don't know his father would have known his location there's like different things like yeah which would be interesting in a remake like how they how the father would track him down yeah with with the internet and with um I mean it would basically be like that movie cock blockers there there was a movie like he's like high school high school girls and then the parents are trying to track them down they're they're using Instagram and and whatever to find them um so it kind of already exists uh yeah. like in the modern the modern age of like a, a dad saying you can't go to that party and then the kid going to the party anyway yeah. and then the family mm-hmm. trying to find them so it's already kind of been done yeah but yeah it would be interesting how they would remake it and then also yeah you're right um the the whole story wouldn't have existed no he could get an Uber ride. Like, there's so many things. Yeah, he would have gotten Uber. He wouldn't have uh, been cha- been chased after by the full force. Yeah. And sneaking into that party with George Clinton DJing. And, yeah. um, you know, and then also that was another thing, too. When um, when when he uh, when he knocks out the full force guy with the record, George Clinton, he says, yeah, I did it. Fuck it. Two tears in a bucket. 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 Take uh-huh. it to the stage. I had no idea that was from a song. Yeah, I learned that much later. Much life. later. I thought they're so cool. They have great lines. Yeah, with yeah. great writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they already existed. I had yeah. no idea. Okay, next question. Complete- well, at least you rec- you probably recognize George Clinton. Yeah, I knew George Clinton by then. Uh, with the hair, I had no idea about the Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, I I just knew George Clinton. Like somehow. that was a whole cameo. Like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, look at the guy with the funky hair. Right, right. I just thought funky hair. Yeah. I might not even have known who George Clinton was. I just thought man with funky hair. I, yeah. I I'm not sure. You knew you knew it was George Clinton. No. Because George Clinton, for me, Chili Peppers really introduced them to me. Yes. And then um, Dr. Dre and like the West yes, Coast the rappers. Chronic. Like, the Chronic. Yeah. Yes. They would go hard on P-Funk. So um, in retrospect, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Take it to the stage. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Complete Pop's rant about his son. Mm. I'm ready to cut his hair off looking like a blank walking around here. Brillo pad, tree stump, eraser, or broom. Oh my God. 
I feel like he said eraser. One of them did say eraser because uh, the cop said, hey, eraser head. Uh, but no, uh, uh, Robin stump. Harris, a.k.a. Pop, he said tree stump. Oh, okay. Looking like a tree stump. <laughs> Next question. It's also Pop. Pop busts in on Play's party. Who does he make fun of? A guy with earrings. Bilal. A guy's wild outfit. Or a guy with a jerry curl. A guy with a jerry curl. Follow the drip. Follow the drip. Follow the drip. Follow the drip. Okay. Last question. When the guys are trying to describe to play who they think broke his toilet, because that's what ends the party. This was hilarious. Like, when watching it as an adult, I get it. Like, he's so grossed out. Yeah, he's grossed out. He's mad. That's plumbing. That's plumbing that he has to figure out and pay for. Anyway, who did they say uh the guy who broke the toilet looked like? George Foreman, Mandingo, Mr. T, or Mike Tyson? George Foreman. No, the one guy's like, he had a neck like Mike Tyson. Oh, okay. Okay. Because they were like, yo, I saw this guy. He looked like he'd be shooting bricks. And then the <laughs> and other they're all staring like, at ne- the toilet. Neck like Mike Tyson. But it could have been one of them in the room. Yeah. It could somebody it could somebody living foul. Yeah. He's like, no. Oh my God. He was so mad. It was hilarious. So fun. Uh, so there was like, on like one of my Facebook groups, I don't uh-huh. know which one, they posted like some sign a hairdresser did. It's like, do not poop here. Whoa. Like if in her store, Whoa. she's like, do not. You can do pee pee, but don't come here and do nothing to that. It says you can do nothing. <laughs> like Creole style. I don't know. I don't remember, but I was like, how do you tell people not to poop in like a place of business? Like yes. what if they have an emergency? Yes. Like, That's mad disrespectful to come up here and defecate. Don't defecate here. So I, I worked as a, a PA on a, a movie recently and I um, it was a one bedroom house and it was it was like that house party situation. Like, yo, somebody living foul. Yeah. Somebody be living foul. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I was just like spraying, but, um, but I, I just remember, um, I just remember thinking like, I, I didn't want to use the bathroom. This is not a story. I just remember like, uh, I, I was telling the, um, the first AD who's, uh, uh assistant director. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, Oh, I really have to go. I was like, people Mertia. And she was like, uh, I was like, oh, you know, that's that's uh, something people say, like people's peepees holding me. Yeah. And she was like, just go, go to the bathroom then go. Just it's no problem. So so somehow I found a way to go. But but there are other expressions like if you have to pee real bad. Yeah. Crail, can you uh, Um, you enlighten us? Peepee-ass show peepee's hot. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Once Ramel said he was in Haiti and he saw a sign like on the street. It said, Papi pi isit pipi lotbo. Don't pee here, pee over there. 
<laughs> it was a sign. It was a sign. It had an arrow. Yeah. Wow. Like, don't be here over there. Yeah, pee in somebody else's corner. Yeah. Um. Yes. So these are um because uh they're definitely sayings. They're sayings for everything. Yes. Okay. What's making you happy these days? Um, these days I am happy um, painting and coloring. Nice. Painting like oil painting or acrylic? Um, like painting walls. So I guess it's. Oh, oil. like house painting. House painting. Not painting like portraits. No. Not I'm yet. Really relaxing. No, not yet. Uh huh. Yeah, to paint. Nice. Enjoy. Thank you. Enjoy. I just burped. That that wasn't enjoyable. What's making you happy? As the host, nobody asks you questions. Sometimes. Nobody asks me. And thank you so much for asking me. What's making me happy? Um, I'm just. I I have um some story ideas that I need to write. And I need, I've been doing a lot of journaling and that's been making me happy. It's good. It's, it's helped me to um, organize my day when I, I, I write in the morning. Um, I should be writing projects, but uh, in the meantime, while I'm going through this kind of like writer's block, I've been, um, it's not really writer's block. It's just that I feel really overwhelmed. And so I've, I've been just sort of taking a break. Um, but I've been writing in my journal. So that that's been that's been helpful. That's been making me happy. That's and good. talking to you. Yay. Playing games here. with with cousin Carla about yeah. uh, house party. Yeah, I love funny. house party. You know, this world is so dark and grim. Like when I get to do like a belly laugh, it's good. Yes. It's like, oh, joy, a laughter. <laughs> ha 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 ha. It's, it's like your brain saying, you could be happy now. You could be happy. It's okay. <laughs> Let it go. Maybe that's, maybe I need to watch something funny. Like, yeah, watch something yeah. funny. Um, I watched Vacation Friends and the beginning made me laugh. But then the end, I was just kind of like, uh, it left me, it left me kind of uh, like a long stuff. Was it a long movie? It's not that long, but I actually, I had to take a lot of breaks Okay. Um, but and I finally finished it. But when I first started, I was like, "This movie is so funny." Um, but then it it just kind of got crazy. But but it is it is a silly laugh. Also, oh my god, the premise. Oh, it's good. I watched the first episode. Uh, as of uh taping today, I watched the first episode where it's it's called um, like Sex Tape Ally or something. I forgot the title, but. Basically, this horrible thing happens to a black man, and it gets inadvertently it gets recorded by a guy who was making a sex tape, like this white dude who is totally like a black, like the black square uh, Instagram guy who wants to be an ally, but he's like full of shit. Um, and so he he has uh, he inadvertently recorded this black man being uh, victimized by uh, police and then getting arrested. OK. And like so the back, like background of his sex. Of his- yeah. And and so 
and then it, the story unfolds from there. And okay. so the, the show is kind of like a comedy. I think you would like it from like a legal perspective. The show is sort of like a com a comedic Twilight Zone. Okay. So I'm I watch that. I'm psyched like, to watch that? to watch the rest, but um, I've only seen the first episode so far. And then my HBO Max um, subscription, I have to renew it. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, I guess it lasts. <laughs> I know, so random. Yeah, there's good stuff. There's also um, F-Boy Island, if you haven't seen that yet. I oh, recommend. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. All right, so I have, I have to go. Okay. All right, good night. thank you. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. Bye.